Welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. We bring you the key success principles for business, personal finance, and leadership to empower you with the tools and strategies to help you live your best life. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all day. Now, today we are excited to bring you an installment from our signature Voyager interview series as we probe the minds of experts from all walks of lives to bring you the 10 questions and the expert answers that can change your life. So I'm pleased to introduce Katarina Randall, author, speaker, coach for all the ages, and the founder of Thriving Women in Business. Katarina, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you support women in business? This will be the thumbnail review because I know you you do it all. Put it this way. I serve women who consider themselves on a mission in their business to sell authentically, speak to gain Insta clients, teach women how to build community, how to scale, how to be more strategic. And when we're not doing all that, we take ladies on retreats because camaraderie, community is an essential part of not only success, but also personal fulfillment. Very good, Katarina. I know you restrained yourself, so thank you. (laughs) So anywho, so as you know, you know, we've known each other for a really long time and I was just trying to hazard a guess and say 15 years, but I don't know. I think it's longer, my friend, but yeah. Okay, Okay, because I remember you, I was going to ask you, I remember you in the front of the room speaking to um, the audience, working your magic, and I was feeling like it was at a Facebook campus, but I can't remember the event, but I just, I have this in my view all the time. it might have been at a Google campus because I've Google. never been. Okay, to a okay. Campus. Well, yeah. we were in the neighborhood. How funny! Yeah. So that right. is it. Um, so I could be wrong about the math, but I know you've been successfully living your dream for all these years and more. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be helpful to share your wisdom on the sustainable business model. So surely we're all much wiser than when we started out but for those who are still in their nascent years if you will can you speak about the importance of targeting the right uh, market so such as those who have an interest and need for what you offer but also the ability to pay for your service a lot of people say oh well i could help everybody well maybe you can help everybody but we're not nike we're not coca-cola We don't have advertising and marketing budgets in the seven figures, right? The way to gain clients is to articulate exactly who you want to serve and how you want to serve them and then only speak to that target market. So for example, I serve women in service businesses who consider themselves on a mission. Well, If we dig deeper, it's mostly women over 45. Hmm. If we, I used to say it was in California, but now they're, they're all over. But the more, more we identify and can niche down the better. I, I do say women that operate their businesses with generosity, integrity, and love. A lot of people don't relate to that. So they're going to exclude themselves. But when we say who our clients are, our clients are going to say, that's for me. And that's why getting clear on who we serve is so important so that we can grow over time. Well, that's interesting that you say that some people will say that's not for me. I mean, you didn't name anything negative, so who would not want to claim that? But, you know, 
everyone has their own right to choose. Right. So although in many ways, I feel that your underlying message has been the same, I, to some degree, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're still serving the same group of women, if you will, right. what role, if you will, does uh, adaptability play in um, business success? So even though we can all agree, we've had some challenging times over these last few years, and wouldn't we all like to forget the last couple of years? Right. Thank you, please. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But um, things have not been stagnant um, throughout your many years at the helm. So what are some signs that changes may be afoot or, you know, that you have to adapt to the new world order, if you will? Well, one of the things that's really important is that uh, as a guiding principle to recognize that we can't communicate with our clients too much. Hmm. And what I mean by that is that you want to always be looking for, okay, I might've told them, but how else can I tell them? Which means that we send text messages and we do direct messaging on Facebook. And yes, we send emails, but email is only one medium. You know, you can also pick up the phone and call your clients. So to the more your clients feel informed and connected and therefore cared for by you, the more they're gonna stick around even during challenging times. This is very important to remember. And then in terms of adaptability, that means you've got to embrace technology and you've got to look at how you can do your thing perhaps in a way that can serve differently or more people. And that's why when the pandemic hit, I told all my clients to start doing their workshops on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And of course, many of them had their best year yet in 2020 because they didn't wait. They got busy right away. And for my business right away, when the pandemic started, I started to have all community meetings, inviting everybody to come and talk about what's going on and here's the resources. And, and again, looking for how can you help your clients when the situations change and that's gonna have them remember you and keep coming back to you and appreciate you. Now, I'm pretty sure that you two have heard the adage, never let them see you sweat. And while I can't exactly picture you sweating, Katarina, what are some ways you have found to help uh, help you stay the course? So I know we think about, yeah. you know, personal belief and having confidence yeah. in what we offer, but mm -hmm. how do we keep forging on as we wait for success to arrive? Now, you don't have to think back. You have to go back a ways for that. Okay. You've been well, working it for a while. <laughs> so let me, let me say this, you know, related to what you said about you never want to let them see you sweat. Let me, let me say this. When you're presenting with your clients, you're there to be of service. It's not about you. It's not about, you know, your marriage is on the rocks or your, your dog isn't doing good. I'm sorry about that, but guess what? You're there to be of service. And that's why you have to remember that when it is about service, you have to leave your challenges du jour at the door mm. and bring your best self. Yes, your confident self, your certain self, the self that is of service to serving your clients and being with them. And if it's a sales situation or a networking situation or a workshop situation, it's all about the service. And when you remember that, then you also will have people that are there, they're there to get value. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking for you to be perfect. 
They're not looking for you to be the, you know, Tony Robbins, Les Brown speaker, right? They're looking for, hey, how can you help me? And that's what we want to be delivering. So it sounds like I should have included another question on um, self-talk. So we'll see if we come back to that. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> it's critical. Um, but now, say, for example, that Larissa, if you will, is in the throes of trying to make up time for not developing a warm list. I am, on the other hand, keenly aware of your ability to attract raving fans, if you will. Thank so you. you mentioned it briefly, but maybe you can speak a little bit more on how one would go about finding those cheerleaders and repeat clients that are so critical to um, you know, business success. Well, one of the things I teach my clients is a successful client cycle. And the first part is that people are aware of you, right? They know you exist, but then that's not enough. You've got to build influence and sometimes it just takes a little influence before they're ready to get started with you. But sometimes it might take years. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and this is why the follow-up and the, the sales part is so important. But then once they're your client, now the real work starts because now not only do you have to make sure they're engaging with you, but you got to make sure they're getting value. But here's the thing, value in excess of what you promised them you were going to give them. Sure. This is where you under promise and over deliver. And one of the things that people come to me for is training. I'm not just giving them training. I'm giving them community. I'm giving them encouragement. Uh, they're probably going to get some gifts because I like to do that too. Looking at all the different ways you can over deliver. And some people say, well, you don't want to give away too much. And I, I want to say that generosity looks good on your business. Generosity looks good on you. Stinginess, on the other hand, will so much. <laughs> right. And we'll never have anybody feel good about writing you a check. And this is, and, and of course you, you build it into your budget, your generosity and part of generosity, people might think, well, it might be gifts. It might be discounts, but but really generosity is also your time. Right. And there's the thing that we want to make sure we are is responsive to our clients. Nothing worse than somebody writing a big check and they call with a question and they don't hear back from anybody or they hear back a week later. Mm. So this will also keep your clients coming back. And it's not just about the sale. It's about having a long-term view of your business because guess what? that satisfied client, they're gonna be with you for years and years. And, and, and you know what's so wonderful, Larissa? I talked to a client recently and the conversation went like this. She said, hey, you're doing that thing. I said, yeah, I'm doing that thing. You wanna talk about it? She said, yeah. I said, okay, great, let's talk about it. We talked about it right then, five minutes later, another big sale, why? Because when you do a great job for your clients, they know you're gonna keep doing a great job for them. And so there's basically almost no sales required to keep them coming back. And that's how a business thrives and is sustainable and grows long-term. You know, what's funny is, I, let's agree that I did prepare some questions, but as we're talking, as I already said, I'm thinking, 
I'm, I'm, I should be taking notes because there's there's a couple of things we need to talk about, Katrina. We can talk so, about whatever you want to talk about, my we'll friend. See, we'll see what we get to because um, I, you, well, maybe I'll just kind of take a detour now because, you know, um, I know one of the things you talk about and we didn't mention at the beginning, I really want to mention that is that, um, and I don't want to call it a pet peeve, but I, I hear this quite often, that Katarina does not like women, I wouldn't say doesn't like, let me rephrase. She will scold you gently if you are too take too much time thinking about fixing to one day that you're going to get ready. Right. Right. And that is what I really wanted to say is that this whole conversation is about, you know, doing the do, you know, you have to pull the trigger. But to your point about the community and keeping people engaged and providing more than they expect, unpromising, right. over delivering, mm -hmm. you know, I in many ways. I shouldn't generalize, but you know, people have this business idea and this is what they're bringing forward. And they're like, you know, okay, this is my box. And these are the things that are in my box. And I put a bow on and I'm done, but I'm kind of getting the feeling that that not getting the feeling. I know that that is not your way. No. So, so to me, I guess that probably was back on the first question was, you know, when you start out your business, you pick your audience but you can't you can't do the shotgun effect you have to start and then I guess grow into right your multiple offerings maybe that's where I'm going yes well the thing to recognize is that everybody has especially if they're entrepreneur they got a lot of brilliant ideas okay yeah. you've heard me talk about brilliant idea syndrome where they got so many brilliant ideas and the problem is they start to pursue them all at once mm. and so nothing is outstanding right mm. And this is why I recommend phase one, phase two, phase three. What's the solidest, best service or product you want to be the foundation of your business? You start with that. And then once you're massively monetizing that, then you can add the next thing. And that's an important guiding principle. Be massively monetizing what you've already got before you start something new. And this is important. Because the next thing that your brilliant idea is coming up with is way more exciting than that thing you've rinsed and repeated a ton, ton of times. And that's really important to remember. But from a strategic perspective, build a strong, solid financial foundation, phase one, with whatever your main thing is, and then go and add the excitement, the bells and whistles, the, the brilliant ideas. For example, sometimes people say to me, well, Katerina, you got a lot of offerings. I say, yeah, because I've been around a long time. Okay. So we start with the sales. Then we go to the speaking. Then we go to, um, let's go on a retreat. Then we go to, hey, you want to be certified to lead retreats? And hey, you want to be certified to lead sales? That's a lot of offerings I've got. But they all started one and then the other and then the other. And you got to build a solid foundation before you move to the next thing. And so I think I actually jumped the gun because I, I was rereading that because you kind of answered it is, so I'll just say what my intent was. Um, because uh, Pink Passport Society is built around the multipreneur model, slightly yeah. different from what you're doing because a lot of it's designed to be passive, which I know that's not your thing. You like the engagement. Yes. But your strategy of expanding your empire, empire by, well, 
we didn't talk about it and you can talk about it, um, but your, I think it's four pillars. Five, um, five C. My five one of us was paying attention, <laughs> but you you know how you you laid out your you know uh, monetize your uh -huh. your main offering or your first offering, yeah. and it won't necessarily be your first offering because you know you you think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but you right. get out there and you know you get crickets, and so that right. is kind of a thing. Well, what do you do if you get crickets? You know, mm -hmm. and how do you pivot, if you will? Mm -hmm. So. Having been in your company, as I say, low these many years, yes. I watched you reimagine and regenerate your public face to what is now thriving yeah. women in business. But I think when we first met, you were doing business under your name, Katarina Rando. Katarina, right. And then I remember um, Success with Ease. That was one of my programs, one of my early programs. So that was a program that wasn't your brand. Right. Uh -huh. Okay. So um, what are some specific steps or processes one should take when rebranding or repurposing their business offerings i mean maybe it's a natural evolution but yeah. i'm guessing there's some thought process behind it there's absolutely some thought process and some guiding principles behind it because if you keep doing the same thing over and over and you never rebrand it or reimagine it the marketplace gets a little tired of hearing about it mm. For example, you know, Larissa, we do the Shiro Speaker Summit, mm -hmm. which, where we give the ladies the capes and it's all about speaking is your superpower. Well, that's the rebrand of the sought after Speaker Summit, which I oh, know okay. you came to before. Mm -hmm. Because when people started to say to me, well, I'll just catch it the next time, that meant that it wasn't exciting enough to them anymore to get themselves to the location. And so that's when I said, okay, nope, we're gonna we're gonna put even though I love that brand, okay, we're gonna put it aside because it's tired now. People mm -hmm. have seen it too much. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, you have to still be excited about it. But the other thing is, your yourself, you evolve as a business owner. True. Like for example, when we when we first met each other, I probably was teaching networking, okay, and I could do that. But you know what? I got some more exciting stuff or it means more exciting to me to talk about now about strategy, about sales, about about speaking and the speaking is still very exciting to me. So that's why I'm still teaching it. But when you get tired of something, it's time to put it on the shelf because you're not going to be able to sell it as easily. However, you could also look and see, well, do I want somebody else to step in and lead that part now? Mm -hmm. And I can move on to the next exciting thing. And it's not because the more, the more we're excited about something, the more we're going to sell and offer it with ease. But if you get sick of teaching or talking about something, it's going to be hard to sell it. So, mm -hmm. so that's where you, and again, this is to a strategy, look at if there's another way to deliver it, like what you were saying, maybe with an online course or something so that you can focus on the next thing. But it's very important that your business is, does evolve. It's very important that you are always upgrading. And that is one of my guiding principles. I'm always upgrading because you change the market changes. Sure. Um, the, 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 the way we deliver with technology changes. Of course, there's all the social media that we have to stay on top of. So there's, I know, so there's always, there's always a next level 
And remember, one of the goals too is not just to do our business, but to master doing our business. Mm. And that's where the always be upgrading principle is so important. Speaking of which, and I know you have an answer for this, I can't wait to hear it, because as an uber busy businesswoman, we know that having effective systems in place is yes. critical. So mm -hmm. is this something we should set up at the outset or we develop over time? So, yeah, and I, I know ideally we would know everything as soon as we start and we know that's not how life works. So yeah, what, well, what are some things that have worked for you in developing your systems? Okay, I wanna to speak to that. First, I wanna say though, that my calendar is full. I don't consider myself busy because mm -hmm. it's all a choice, you know? And a lot, a lot of ladies at my phase of life, Larissa, they're doing, they're working less, they're, you know, hanging out with their grandkids, you know, whatever it is. That's not my choice. My choice is to stay on mission and be of service. So yeah, my calendar's full. And, but, but what it's, what is it full with? Speaking, selling, serving, strategy, and self-care. Those are the five pillars of building your fempire. What I mean by that is I'm not doing the bookkeeping. I'm not doing the admin. I'm not doing the can't fooling around with Canva. Okay. I'm not even doing the grocery shopping or the house cleaning. Why? Because I choose to do what's the highest and best use of my time. And I create support for the rest. And sometimes support is a person and sometimes it's a service and sometimes it's technology that does some automation. And the more we can recognize that by doing what's the highest and best use of our time, our business is going to be best served, the more successful our business will be. I just talked to someone right before our call who was saying how much work it all is. <laughs> and well, here's what I know. Yeah, it's so much work, sweetheart, because you got no help. Okay. You're doing everything. You got 25 jobs. You got five jobs. And by the way, these are the five things that you have to master the speaking and in the broad sense, speaking, podcasting, being the spokesperson, of course, the selling, unless you have a sales team, you're it, right? And of course, the excellent service to your clients, the strategy, who, who else is going to do that? That's your job as the CEO. And then the self-care to stay vital. So all of those things are your job. But when you're doing all these other things, you're not going to be blissing in your business. And that's what we want to. So yes, look at technology, look at creating standard operating procedures. Look at who could do this better than me. Okay. My gosh, if I had to do the bookkeeping, I would be so depresso mm -hmm. because I have no skill. So that's very important. Do what is your job. And how, how do you figure out what your job is? What do people pay you for? That's the serving. Then of course, the the strategy is your job as the CEO. The self-care, of course, is your job. But the speaking, a lot of people are being way too quiet about their amazing, amazing business. Be loud and proud. And a lot of people are not selling enough. If you can't sell, you can't serve. And that's why we have to master that. So you, you, you mentioned, you said... Standard operating procedures. And to me, I guess sure. that's really why I could have asked a better question. That was really the, the side that I was asking about, you know, because in one of your courses, I know you had some templates, if you will, yeah. um, how to do X, Y, and Z. And, yeah. um, you know, there's probably forms involved. And then there's like processes. And right. so 
I was asking kind of how you set those yeah. up or is this something like it's not like really business in a box, no matter what they tell you. It's no, no, not no. It, there, there really are, you know, because I, I mean, I have my checklists and my forms that I give my clients, but I always give it to them, Larissa, in a, as a word document, because mm. how we do it in my business and what we'd have to do in my business, not the same for every Mary Jane and Sheila, right? So, so that's why we, we can give people templates, but only as a jumping off point, mm -hmm. they've got to modify it for themselves, but it also gives them ideas like, what do we do before a speech? What do we do after a speech for sales, for, for follow-up, for integrating people into our system? And the way to get started is to document what you're doing. Mm. So let's say you're going to put together an online course. Well, what's everything that you're going to do around that? You're going you're gonna to run a group program. What's everything you're doing? Document all of that. And then when are you doing it? Are you doing it before? Are you doing it during? You're doing it after and then look at all those things that are being done and then ask yourself hmm who could do this does it have to be me mm -hmm. like maybe making the video about the class and inviting people to do it you got to do that okay but you know what you don't have to be the one that puts the headers on the handouts and you don't have to be the one that sets up the zoom meetings your admin can do that or your virtual assistant and you know what that's great because that by you having someone who's doing all of those things, that's freeing you up for your five jobs. Because when you're doing too much in your business, I can guarantee you're not selling enough. Mm. Yeah, something falls off the table, doesn't it? Right. Now, um, I, I'm going to, you know, I always tell when I'm doing my podcast, I always say when I get in front of the camera, it's like it's true confession time. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so. As a party of one, um, yeah. I do know the importance of having a team or multiple teams, certainly a support team yes. behind you. So how, I, I and I know you have a team, but again, we're talking to the newbies, right? The newer yeah. folks. Uh -huh. So how how um, how does this factor into business growth or stagnation? And you said, right. so I think it might just be worth repeating. So really new kids starting out, it's like, I can't afford a team, right? So we have to make it happen. So how critical? Well, the thing, the reason why you can't afford a team is you don't have enough clients usually. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how do you get clients? You go sell something. And if you are spending too much time and most new business owners do, they spend too much time on, on everything except the thing that generates revenue, which is sales. You want to have put attention on your sales processes. You probably have to do the selling yourself. And if you don't know how to do that, sorry for you, you better learn because otherwise you're not going to be in business. It doesn't matter how amazing your product and service is if you cannot invite, enroll, sign people up to be your client. And the thing is that all the time that you spend doing all those things that are not your job, you're not selling. So your business is stagnating, is stagnant. Let me give you a perfect example, my friend. Many years ago, I had an assistant and this is, this is, you know, pre zoom and pre pre a lot of things, pre calendar links and everything. Okay. So, so I'm, I have an assistant and I had to go out for about four hours. He was here working at my home and one of my clients had just sent out an email saying that she was signed up for a program with me and inviting other people to come and join her. And we got over 40 inquiries 
Insta inquiries to check this out. Well, I had to go. So I said to my assistant, hey, can you invite these people to have conversations with me? Well, when I came back, my assistant had 16 appointments on my calendar. Okay. Now, here's the thing. When somebody is paid to do something, they usually do it. And you know what? If I had to do it, I probably would have taken way too long. It wouldn't have happened. I would have judged every single individual to say, well, maybe they're too big or not, you know, but because somebody was tasked with doing it, he did it. But also during that time, two hours, this is way back when I probably paid him $40 to do that. Mm. And that 16 appointments resulted in multiple thousands of dollars of business. So this is, people are being they're being short-sighted when they're saying, oh no, I got to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. They're not being strategic. They're not being smart for their business. Yeah. It's, it's a tough lesson to learn. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure we touched on that. Okay. Um, and our other favorite, I think we all have a love hate relationship with technology. I certainly uh -huh. do. It uh -huh. definitely falls under the slogan. You can't live with it and you can't live without it. Uh -huh. Not today. Uh -huh. um, and I recall for example, that you recently launched your uh, own app for your yes. thriving women in business. Yes. So what are some other ways you incorporate technology in sustaining your business trajectory? The I love having the app and, that, and that's kind of more a 3.0 or 4.0 or 5.0 thing. You know, I don't necessarily recommend people start with that. Sure. Um, video is something that we can all do more of, including myself because video is not as good as live and in-person, meaning when people are in a Zoom room with you, which is my preference, because it can be interactive, but it's a way to begin to build influence when you're not there. The other thing is text messaging. Now, I do not do a bunch of text messaging once before someone is my client, mm -hmm. but once they're my client, we use automated text messaging as reminders, mm. because anything that promotes engagement is a good use of your time and money. And people say content is king. Well, engagement is the queen of everything. Sure. Especially once people are your client, you want to have them be engaged with you. And the other thing we do, which is not super techno, Larissa, is we use Facebook and LinkedIn direct messaging, mm. which does take time. But guess what? It gets great response rate mm -hmm. and don't think everybody's going to see your emails. Okay. Remember, you know, even if you have a, a 30% open rate, that's really good, but uh, that means, that means 70% of the people didn't even see it. Okay. So we have to, and that's what I'm saying about communicating in a variety of ways because everybody has a different preference. You know me, I'm Miss Facebook, but other people want to be on Insta. Other people want to be on LinkedIn. Other people don't want to be on any of that. And they want to, they just text them, right? Or, you know, leave them a voicemail. So we have to, we have to find out also what is our client's preferences mm -hmm. and make sure we're connecting with them that way. Okay, Katarina, now it's your turn. Under the okay. hot lights, I want you to spill the tea. Okay. What is your go-to daily success routine? <clears throat> oh my gosh, my friend. Ah. Uh, after all these years of business, I'm still trying to master my daily success routine. That's the truth. 
you know, it comes and goes. Today, I woke up this morning, I did cardio drumming with Jennifer Darling on oh. virtual. It was awesome. And I'm hoping that that's going to be my new AM routine because you got to get you got to have fun. Otherwise, you're not going to do it consistently. But to get up and exercise or move mm. is really important. And uh, I, I know this is funny, but I, I took my shower today and I felt so good. And I, I said, man, you, you know, I do take a shower every morning, first thing. But but I, I, I recalled that occasionally on a Sunday, I, I don't do that. I just go right to whatever I'm doing, a relaxo day. Mm -mm. Shower is so important to get you fresh and rejuvenated. And you know what? The, this big creativity study showed that it's in the bed, in the bath, or on the bus, or when you're traveling, that your most creative ideas come. And most my creative ideas come when I'm in the shower. So is that right? Okay. Yes. Shower, movement, lots of water, and also setting an intention for the day. And my intention is usually something about, I want to be super productive and I want to be blissing all day long. And hopefully most days, that's what I get. Okay. And I want to sell something. <laughs> well, that's a given. <laughs> I, um, I do prefer to get up and walk in the morning because for me, the day can get away from me. And, you know, if I don't get my exercise and I feel guilty and things start to lock up and it's just not pretty at all. But I did try a quick, I was, I got up late because I go to bed late, but I said, let me take my beads and do my intentions as I'm taking a stroll around the park. So I actually enjoy that. And I'm like, Larissa, you kind of need to do this more often. Yeah. She said, <laughs> but, yeah, I do love a good shower, but my, my open air office, as I call it, when I'm out walking is when I get my brilliant ideas. So. Okay. Yeah. See, that's interesting. Yeah. A walk is good because when we walk, we use both sides of our brain, you know, to go like that. And so, yes, it gets the synopsis clicking back and forth. And that can also be a great time for creativity. Interesting. And one more give. Now, I know you like to give super pro tips. I probably said that wrong, but maybe. Super tips, yeah. <laughs> what is the one thing that, uh, what is the one thing every businesswoman should know? that your business is supposed to be your bliss. Mm. And if your business is not your bliss, then find out and figure out what do I need to bliss more in my business? Because the whole thing about having a business is that you don't have to have a J-O-B mm -hmm. and you don't have to serve somebody else and somebody else's dream and somebody else's values. You get to serve yourself, your clients, and the, you get to run your business based on the values that matter to you. And there should be no differentiation between the values by which you run your life and the values by which you run your business. And when you run your business based on your values, you will find that you will be blissing more. So that's one of the many guiding principles I embrace, Larissa, is your business is supposed to be your bliss and make sure it is. Super awesome, Katerina. Well, there you go. I mean, I feel like I've known you, but I think I probably learned a couple mm -hmm. Omo things. Um, so I think we've had a good time. So as we close, yes. how can people reach you or find out more about you and your services, find your own social Thank media? What, did, what is it you want to share? I love, you can reach out to me on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta. I like Clubhouse too. 
And we talk about Clubhouse. How did you not even bring that up? I don't even know. Okay, we have a club, Thriving Women in Biz Club on Clubhouse. And people can join us on Fridays at three for our our Wise Women weekly wrap-up room. And we'd love to have you there. And if you go to katarinarando.com slash links, I got a lot of amazing free stuff for you on speaking, scaling, uh, all kinds of sales, all kinds of things. And that's katarinarando.com slash links. And I always have a free virtual upcoming workshop that you can come and join me for if you want to thrive more in your business. And I promise not only will you get massive value, you will always leave more uplifted than when you showed up. All right, Lady Bird. Well, I thank you so much for your time and thanks for the share and all the intel. Thank you, my friend. All righty. We will see you next time.